Welcome back, friends. Mutual victory. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. And it's been a while. Again. I'm glad you said it first. I didn't want to be the only (laughs) one that says it. Has been a while. Yeah. I pray for some regularity in the schedule. Now, as soon as those words exited my mouth, the next month and a half flashed in front of me. I'm like, it's not going to be that much. I mean, there'll be some. We got some big things going on. Yeah. And I think like it's fall. No shit. (laughs) Routine tends to set in a little bit. It's like Virgo season. Please set me into a routine. Well, it's Libra season now, but whatever. Um, I love that everybody cares about their own astrological season and then doesn't give a shit about what any of the rest of them mean. Say that. And I think also what happens in the fall. Well, I'll just say I get less spontaneous in the fall. Really? Whereas in the summertime, I'm like, wee, I'm going to go do this thing tomorrow. This is the third of three things that I like have learned about you in the past week. What? How is that possible? This is the, I mean, maybe if like I was asked the question, like, when is, when are you most spontaneous or least, Uh I could maybe piece it together, Hmm. but like, I I didn't, you didn't didn't witness that. No, there are two other things. Do you want to hear them now? I do want to hear them now. One is that you used to be able to make like some sort of olive bread. Oh, how is that f- gone un <laughs> that skill gone unpracticed the past ten years? You know my love for olive, <laughs> my love for bread. I just I heard that and I was like my heart almost broke. Really? Well, it's just like I love this. Why did I? Well, you know? because I'm just like, who can't make olive bread? Do you know? And can we just buy olive bread somewhere? Yeah, well, you're right. That's all true. Probably so. very time consuming. Uh, the second one is that you either really want to go or have been or would like to go again on like a boat fishing trip or like go fishing oh, yeah. out on a boat. Always. Never. Have I want to catch like a swordfish. Do you? And eat it. I mean, I mean later that, on. Yeah. Not on the boat. I want to eat it. I don't want to eat it my raw. bare hands <laughs> over its carcass. No. I don't want to do that. Huh. Okay. Didn't I learned that in the last week. I was shocked. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know why you'd be shocked though, because there's really very few things that I'm not like down for. Right. But do you know how much fishing I've seen you do in the past decade? None. Zero fishing. Zero fishing. Yeah. Well, so because I don't, that, I don't want to go fishing. <sighs> Not on a giant fishing boat with yeah. those wing things that stick out on the side so like you don't flip over and wearing like galoshes and hat and it's like intense and so it's like someone will be pouring water over the reel, <laughs> like in jaws. Yes. Okay. So the line doesn't get you hot. Yeah. And then we we bring in this giant fish. And everybody rejoices. (laughs) 
<laughs> it sounds like all the fishing trips I've ever been on and or heard about. I haven't really been on a fishing trip, but you've been on a fishing boat? No, I mean not not a fishing boat. I've been fishing on a boat. Okay. Boat being like a rowboat, but a small ah. boat with a motor. This yeah, is yeah. like on a lake. This is nothing. Mm. Yeah. Significant. I'm talking about like ocean fishing. Yeah. You need equipment and like big things. You sound like you're ready to do it and you know what you're talking about. Oh, good. I don't know anything about it <laughs> at all. Maybe, maybe I have like past life wisdom about it. It's and like you, masonry. You know what still surprises me? <laughs> is your unwavering confidence in anything you try to do. Sure. And that leads me to assume that you have done this before. Mm. When you probably have half the time. Any- I think... Any given situation where you speak with such confidence <laughs> that I say, oh, this sounds like something that you've done before. Mm-hmm. There's a 50% chance you have. Yeah. Yeah, but I've done some weird shit. Yeah, I'm not saying like you have Like made Kalamata olive bread. Right. You know? It's like the extension of that game, Two Truths and a Lie. <laughs> like I'm continually learning this like, I have to say, wait a second. Have you done this before? You're like, no, this is just pure speculation. I think I could say not in this lifetime. Because like, I had never laid a stone floor and look at what is underneath us right now. It's a stone floor. It's a a heck of a stone floor. I I did a mostly okay job. It's great. It's pretty good. It's It's great. So yeah, sometimes I think I have awareness of things that came in from before. Okay. And then other times I think like, I kind of got shuffled around to different grownups when I was a child. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think I picked things up. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. Like when we were driving around Cape Cod and I was like, these trees, cedar, shakes, Mm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. All of that was from Tom. Oh, okay. So it's like, I think I just was really good at listening and remembering when some older person was telling me about something. Dropping random knowledge or wisdom (laughs) about something. Probably just filling the space of time. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. But it just is a continual surprise okay. where even sometimes things will come up uh-huh. and I'll say, what? You've never expressed these desires inland. This must be a coastal thing. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Maybe I get near the ocean and then these things are invigorated. <laughs> it's surprising. So like when we go somewhere that's an island, I don't know what I mean. I have to be ready for anything. Literally. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I remember when I was younger and I would go down to the Gulf in the summertime, like I always had this dream that my uncle would take me out on a big fishing boat. Mm. And he never mm. did, obviously. And he was working often. So I I always thought that it was because he was working. And then I think... It was more just he didn't want to spend that time with you. No, that is not true. <laughs> and I think actually he gets boat sick 
Oh, like I okay. think I learned that later. Like I think I learned that like five years ago talking oh. to his son. And yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he gets like the mo- he gets motion sickness oh. on both. So it was just immediate forgiveness for him for like this built up resentment that you had. I for never, never had any resentment about it. It just was a thing trip. that every year I was like, you know, oh, I want to go out on a fishing boat with my uncle. Which I never said out loud because I would never say that out loud. No shit. And also, this is almost (laughs) a direct reference to three episodes ago. That was three episodes ago? Well, yeah, because live music was two parts. Shit. Anticipating needs versus asking for what you want. Now, see, if you asked, he may have just said, I would love to, but I get motion sickness. Yeah. And then you wouldn't spend year after year, what I only imagine is standing on a dock at staring out at sea, <laughs> just wishing for someone to take you on a boat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's true. Yeah. Let's say staring at the sea like Odysseus's mother, whose name I don't remember. I don't remember Odysseus's no, mother's not, name yeah. either. It's not Penelope. It's his wife. <laughs> Bob Penelope. No. Mm, no, it's not coming to me. No, me neither. I mean, it wasn't exactly staring out at sea like that, and I would periodically be like fishing boats look fun (laughs) that's as far as that thought went (laughs) fishing boats look cool do we know anybody who has a fishing boat (laughs) i don't think so (laughs) no i meant that was my thought when i was like 13 and i really really wanted to go out so someday you know i'll get to go and be a longshoreman okay for just a day. Just a day. I mean, the coolest would be to figure like out like... Pirate fantasy camp? 24 hours. Oh. Out at sea. Okay. But just 24 hours because more than that could get scary, I think. I think. And once you hit hour six, it's scary. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I think I could do it for 24 hours. Ant- I could do anything for 24 hours. Anticleo? That was his mother's name? Yeah, I think so. No wonder we can't remember her. Yeah. Jeez the wheeze. So you you learned some new things about me. I did. Continuously just Well, that's keeping a, it fresh around. Well, here. I mean, it's one thing you implied earlier when you have a horrible memory, you're constantly learning new things. Mm. It's mm-hmm. a benefit. I I'm going to make you olive bread. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Sweet. I'm going to make you olive bread. I think I remember how to do it. Load up on the olives. That's my favorite part. Just Every give, bite. Just give me a jar of olives. Just, really, I'm fine with that. Can I just? I yep. Need. Skip all of the dough making. Then <laughs> you really could. If you're like, I tried. I thought about it, and I'm like, this is here. Are take all a the olives time. I was gonna put in the bread. Here's just a dish of olives for you, <laughs> and two slices of sourdough. Enjoy. The thing about Kalamata olive bread is that it's like just the right amount of salty. I love savory, salty things. I know. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna, all right. I'm gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> so today, we often, I think, in the description of our podcast, it says like pop culture. Uh huh. And I think this is the first episode in which you actually would qualify as a pop culture episode. What? Like we've talked about Marvel and the MCU. We talk about Star Wars, Disney. Yeah, we talk about that stuff. But none of those things are actually going on as we talked about the episode. Like, Star Wars Day and Star Wars, yes, that went on. But, like, nothing new has come out. 
really. Like MCU, we didn't. We did not like. Oh, we went to see the latest MCU movie. Let's talk about it now. It's okay. more like we are. This is the most recent, and mainly because we found ourselves talking about it on the drive home mm-hmm. yesterday. Yep. And we're just like, this could be an episode. We've gone on enough. <laughs> we've. We've discussed this with each other enough. Yeah. We must subject everyone we, else that listens to our podcast to our musings. Sure. Curmudgeonings. Also. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also those. Also those. This is about the Amazon show, The Rings of Power. Rings of Power. Which at this, at the moment of taping, our five episodes have been out. It is now, today, Monday. Uh-huh. Episode six comes out Friday. Okay. This episode could drop before the next episode. So it'll be like All right. mad, up to date, and relevant. So, due diligence here. Oh, is this a spoiler there alert? There will likely be spoilers. So, yeah. if you're not already up to date on your Rings of Power watching, and you really care about two people who kind of know about what they're talking about, I mean, definitely what they've seen. Sure. And, and that's the thing that you care about. And the Lord of the Rings. Maybe wait till you watch the episodes. Because we're going to be talking about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been thinking about how to approach this. Okay. Do we do it by like episode and like how what's been going on for the first five episodes? Or do we just take it by character groups? We just talk about them. Uh, I'm going to need to take it by character groups. That's great. Similarly to how I would probably teach thematically. Oh. <laughs> I just had to say it. I had to say it. I'm going to say it every oh time. God. Every so time. barfy right now. Wow. Literally, I'm nauseous. Wow. Folks at home, uh, if you don't know this, it's a hot debate around the social studies it's world. A debate. It's not hot at all. Um. It's the debate of like, do you teach things chronologically or do you teach things thematically? And I actually enjoy both approaches. I just know that Matt hates thematic teaching. And so I want to throw it out there as much as possible and talk about it like it is. it needs to be highly revered. Ugh. Ugh. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a valid argument for both sides. You could say it's good to do it this way. Well, I mean, really, what would be good is you 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 mix the two, hmm. because to do something, but to do it like so grossly out of order, because like two things happen to match a certain theme. Which well, who the, fu- who the hell gets to, to who, do it out of? Who order. the hell gets to pick what the theme is? You know what I mean? Okay, who cares about theme? Moving on. So, all right, to go back then. Yeah. Talking about character groups. Yeah. So we're going to stick well, here, together in my brain better. I know, but here's the thing. We're going to talk about it thematically, quote unquote, but then we're going to actually talk about it chronologically. Because we're going to, okay, let's pick the Harfoot. We we're going to pick the Harfoots. Okay. Start there. Okay. Okay. And we're going to start when we, the beginning and go through what we've seen of them. Excellent. Okay. I love it. Do we want to start with the Harfoots? Yeah. I mean, now you just said that. So that's what's up. Okay. Brain. What's your take on the Harfoots? I like them. I love the Harfoots. Yeah. I do. I love their sweetness and their natureiness. I wasn't quite understanding why the dad had the hay in his hair, you know, but that's just 
besides the point. Let me pause one second. Are we even going to bother explaining anything that we saw and just assume people have seen it? Like right no, now, we're like, are we, we go- should explain. Okay. Yeah. So the Harfoots are basically the hobbits, which are, I mean, in the intro to the Fellowship of the Ring, you know, he goes into a lot of detail about the origin of the hobbits. And there are like three different groups that eventually became the hobbits. And one of them is the Harfoots. Right. So, yeah. So the Harfoots are a nomadic people and they're small. Yeah. And they're very, um, like woodland ish. Yeah. Very know? much. I mean, the, I rewatched the opening scene with them in the first episode today where like the two, people go walking by yeah and then one of harfoot's like peeks their head up he blows a whistle or something and then they all come out of like hiding or something so like they're all hiding from the human people right mm-hmm. and then like they you can see them like they quickly unveil like their huts their homes the way they make food what they do i love it it's very cute i do have now most of my commentary about what i don't like is not it's mainly like how they're doing things. Like, of course, there's the character Nori, who's like the main right. hobbit and like her family. And she like, basically they're establishing that the Harfoots have to like stay hidden. They migrate. They stay out of the light. And they stay out of the light, but they stay out of the notice of the big folk and that's how they survive. But Nori, of course, doesn't. She wants to explore. She's like, have you ever wondered what's out there? There's a whole conversation between her and her mother mm-hmm. that like, I think the mother's lines were actually used in the voiceover of the trailer where it's like, we migrate, we do this. And that's how we survive. The men tend to their fields of wheat and we do this. It's like, this child has got to be like an adolescent in her tweens. Yeah, probably. And it sounds like this is the first time we're talking about this. <laughs> So, like, I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) And this is the struggle of, like, writing exposition, right? Right. It's like, how do you make, when you have to explain something to an audience, sound like actual conversation? And it's hard to do. I'm not going to say I'm very good at it. I'm just saying it's like, this sounds like a conversation that, like, the mother should just turn and just stare at the camera. Because, Mm -hmm. like, that's who the scene is for. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know... (laughs) I'm just imagining this show that has suddenly shifted over into breaking fourth wall and uh, the characters are just like, so we're just going to tell you what's happening. Just do a Zach Morris timeout. Right. Timeout. Well, or that, I always think of Spaceballs. Hmm. There's a scene where like someone explains like, exactly what the bad guy, like we have to do this, we have to get this and then do this. And then Rick Moranis as Lord Helmet just turns around to the camera and is like, everybody got that? <laughs> Like, just do that, whatever. Right, just do that. We don't need to pretend that it's, like, woven in. And sometimes, like, when there's a lot of that in a show, I'm like, can't you just show us? Right. Can't you just show us? Is there no other way to show that Nori is, like, an explorer, wants to see what's in the greater world in a community that generally... Keeps to themselves and tries to say it. Like, right. There's no other. I mean, I guess like it's part. It feels lazy, and I hate using the word lazy because who am I to say right. it? And it's easy to be like critical about things. But I've even had the thought of like, 
wouldn't it have made more sense for Nori to be like lamenting to her friend about the thing that her mother explained? Right. Or, sorry, were you done? I think so. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Or one, th- or like Nori taking one or two steps towards like whatever the border is or like being adventurous, but being caught by your mother and seeing your mother flip out. Right. Like that reaction would tell me more than having your mother say, I've told you countless times. I'm like, Oh my God, seriously. <laughs> or like whenever a character says to another one, it's like something, 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 you know that I'm like, Oh, it's so lazy. It's like, you just, it's, I hate it. Okay. It, it makes me think of now. I don't remember this, but when I remember walking out of the theater to see Master and Commander mm-hmm. with Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. I remember Dad saying something about that, something similar. Like the dialogue was so good, and that they're explaining things or talking about things about the ship or where they're going, but they did it in such a way where it wasn't like people in New Jersey saying, "Huh, where are we going?" Oh, we have to take the New Jersey Turnpike. The Turnpike, huh? Yeah, I know. It's a big road. It might have traffic on it. It costs money to go, but that's what we got to do. You know what I mean? It's right. Like two people from New Jersey wouldn't talk like wouldn't that. Wouldn't talk like that. But For sure. I remember him saying that that movie was good because you did exposition or world building in a way that wasn't so... Telling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wasn't so telling. Yeah, That that's the... I think like... That's one of the hardest parts for me about the show. I think, fortunately, I there's already so much buy-in. Like I, right. I love the Lord of the Rings. I love the world. I love the Hobbit. Mm. I love all of these interactions and characters and people. You know, I'm a total sucker for like wars against good and evil. Mm, right. I can't help myself. Right. Um. And still, with even with all that buy-in, sometimes I'm like, wait, what? What? <laughs> right. And I think that's why, I don't know, I think our commentary on the show is maybe more appropriate than some, because we're not like Tolkien scholars. Right. Yeah. We're you know? actually, like, we know less about this than we do I've, Star Wars. For sure. Probably, yeah. Like, I saw the first two movies, like Fellowship and Two Towers, and then I started reading the books, and I read all three before Return of the King. And I've since listened to them. A handful of times again like they're fun i've listened to them multiple times i have not been able to get through the silmarillion i've read the hobbit i think i read like, the hobbit in school yeah oh i read it before the movies came out like and then, back then like 10 i think ago. i read the lord of the rings after i saw the first movie mm, yeah also um i think i had a a hope <laughs> that I would be able to read it to Abby. Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to read it for myself first because mm. I ran into some trouble attempting to read things to her. And then I was like, whoa, well, I need to edit this in the moment. Well, it's funny because like thinking about once I read the book after seeing the first two movies, I'm like, there's like seven chapters in the first <laughs> book that aren't in the movie. Right. And I'm reading I'm like, oh, this is why. Because yeah. it like isn't really going anywhere. Right. And they were smart to take it out. Yeah. There's like nothing about the ring. It's just like, oh, in this chapter, they encounter this weird thing on their way. <laughs> that is, I mean, you could easily take it all out and it, yeah. it it works, especially for a movie when you have to like condense stuff. 
anyway. Um, yeah. So just like that. And that's really my commentary on the whole, the whole show has elements of that or like exposition or dialogue. Too much like. telling us what's happening. Yeah. Not enough showing us telling us what's, what's happening. happening. And yep. Yeah. There was another thing. But in general, I love... It's okay. They're figuring it out. You would hope a billion dollar company... <laughs> they're going to figure it out. It's they're, they're working on it. They're, they're working on it. It's going to um, be great. But like with that being said, I, I like the look of the Harfoot to like the characters, especially after the first episode or at the end of the first episode. Right. When the comet lands. The comet lands. And there's... Comet Jesus laying in there. Oh. I know. Well, he's in a loincloth. He's got a beard and long hair. It's like Encino Man. Yeah, or Obi-Wan. <laughs> now, we still don't know after five episodes. We don't know who this is. We have speculations. We have a speculation. Ah I mean, speculation. like one that we both kind of agree on, right? Right. Yeah. We think. But then you said the thing today, and then I was like... <gasps> oh, I did. Well, first of all, we think it's Gandalf. We think it's Gandalf. Um, because like there are five wizards. This is something I didn't notice until, I mean, you know, TikTok is great for someone else to do fan theories and you can just watch them and you not have to think them. about them yourself. The, the scene with the comet at the end of the first episode, the comet is seen by five different like groups of people, like five different times. Ah. And there are five wizards. Right. So that's why someone is like, oh, are there different like timelines and we, or either a different timelines or B the five wizards were sent, landed at the same were time. sent to Middle Earth. And we only see the one Nori interacted. We don't see where the other four are. Right. So like maybe it's the other ones and maybe this is Gandalf. I know. <sighs> kind of cool. I but other Radagast. <laughs> I don't think it's Radagast. I no, I don't think it's Radagast. It's like, at all. If Radagast if it was Radagast, it would be more likely he would like land in the woods. Right. Instead of encountering Harfoots, he would encounter like animals. Yeah, it's true. Like basically raised by wolves because he was the animal tender. Um, And we watched whatever episode we watched because they all blur together because we have to pause them because they're really long. <laughs> yeah, this is another um, commentary we have. Not, I, not that long, but like they're, we'll get to that. They're long. It's fine. And they're long. Um. The song that was oh, yeah. being latest, sung. The latest episode, episode five, <laughs> when Nori and her parents and her sister and the stranger uh -huh. are all migrating. So migrating like, is time the to Harfoots, migrate. It's time to migrate, mm -hmm. which is cool. Yep. You know, I think it's it works. Um, Can I talk about the thing that I hate about that? Yeah, because it doesn't make any sense. So like... And this is one of those like arbitrary things it seems the show tried to do to create drama and mm -hmm. tension in a scene mm -hmm. between characters. We're like, yep. so there's a whole thing like the the Harfoots are about to migrate from one part of Middle Earth right. to another uh -huh. for the season or whatever. And Nori's father, for some reason, somehow he was setting up a tent. He gets hurt, hurts his ankle, and like then for some arbitrary reason, it's like, oh my God, you're hurt. Oh, where are you, where are you going to go in the line of the migration? And it's like, that's the tension in like this story arc. And this right. episode is like, are you going to be included with the group? And then like the head Harfoot is like, you can come on the migration, but you're going in the back. And they were like, oh, okay. Bummer. Yeah. Which felt 
super arbitrary. Totally like, off brand. Totally off brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I immediately thought of like, okay, if you're a migratory society, a society that like survives by sticking together and mm-hmm. moving, you would not put someone who's the weakest on their own. Like they would be more likely protected. Right. The alpha or like the strongest would be in the back to make sure everyone's okay. Yep. So it seemed like- It's like taking high schoolers on a field trip. <laughs> you need your most excited chaperone in the front and your most focused chaperone <laughs> your in the back. Your most grumpy and focused chaperone in the back. And yes. your sparkle of joy chaperone is leading that pack. <laughs> it's exactly it. Like the weakest does not go in the back. So that seemed silly to like, again, it just seems something arbitrary to create tension or drama. Yeah. Right. And there is a lot of drama. There is a lot of drama going on. Basically, the thought I had, we we watched the last 20 minutes of the fifth episode before we did this. My main takeaway is that, like, does anyone that's ever sharing a scene like each other? Like the characters? Does anyone right. like each other? Right. I mean, the Harfoots do, their family. Once mm-hmm. we get to Nori and the family. Yeah. Mostly. Yep. But, like, does no one else that is talking to another character seems to ever like each other? I think that... um Oh, who is the? Well, he's not the dwarven king because his father is. It's Durin. Durin. Yeah, I think that Durin scenes with Durin like are getting like his. (laughs) I don't know. His antagonism doesn't seem like drama. Mm, It just seems like he's just giving people shit, which I love. Yeah. Um. When scenes with Disa, his wife, right. Who I love, mm-hmm. or Elrond, like, right? It doesn't seem an unnecessary like soap opera y like you're, dun, gonna, dun, dun. you're mad at this person now. It just seems like that's his general character characteristic way of handling right. things. It seems very yeah. genuine and sweet, and it provides some much needed levity. Yes, there's like everyone is so serious. Yes, like even in Game of Thrones, not every scene was taken so seriously. Exactly. Like I'm thinking of, I don't know if it was the first episode. Definitely in the first season, the Lannisters are in Winterfell, and Joffrey and Tyrion have a scene. I don't know what Joffrey's going on about, but then Tyrion says, if you say one more word, I'm going to smack you. And he smacks him right across the face, and he's like, I am a most king. You can't do that to me, <laughs> or something like That's that. That's beautiful. Honey. Thank you. <laughs> and then he's like, Tyrion's like, if you say one more word, I'm going to smack you again. And then he starts mouthing off and he slaps him again. And it's like, this is doing so much. This is A, showing me the relationship. Mm-hmm. This is like showing me who everyone is. Right. It's establishing character. It's providing some like humor. Yeah. In a, sh- in a show like that. And it was often where like interactions. And it's important. So important. Because even in Lord of the Rings, which I would argue is PG-13 rated. Yep. Every scene is like built so tense. Mm-hmm. Everyone's mad. We can't talk about something without fighting. It's true. It's like, will you all just calm down, please? Right. Well, and like, I think that one of the things that happened early on in Lord of the Rings is that it was clear that these people from different, you know, backgrounds, places in life came together for this one quest. And so... Like the OG movies? Yeah, in the OG movies. And so it was like... The hobbits brought a lot of the 
mm. levity. Right. And, you know, Gandalf can be goofy mm-hmm. at times. And <clears throat> I think that that helped create balance. And maybe it's because we're just like, we're in these little pods of people and they're different spaces and they're just in their own you know they're in their own shit and so it's so dramatic it's so I've, like there's a there is it because there's so many story threads that like they can't take the time to do something they feel like they can't take the time to do that so like the scene needs to start at 11 right. with everything already tense everything's tense every scene has to start that way because you can't build up to something with mm-hmm five to six different story threads that you want to get in one 60 minute episode. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have hope that more of that will be woven into the, into the episodes as they go on simply because I can see like little sparks of it with Doran and, mm-hmm. um, Elrond. Yeah. And I think like, if that's the direction that we're going in where it's like, okay, there's this intense thing that's happening. Right. And like imminent war Mm. and destruction and evil and all that, like there has to be the balance. Otherwise it is literally like you're just watching a medieval soap opera. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think of that show rain that we, (laughs) which don't get me wrong. I love a medieval soap opera. I will definitely sit through a medieval soap opera. And it's not the reason that I watch or have watched right. Lord of the Rings or like it wasn't for that. It was right. like. And it's tricky because the movies take place in a different time mm-hmm. where, you know, this it's the end of an age. So like this conflict that's been like slowly building finally comes to a head. So like the lines are more clearly drawn maybe, mm-hmm. which again, you can have ambiguous character. It's it's not about like the moral gray area of the characters or like who we want to do what, or like what everyone's doing. It's just like you, God, you don't have to start a scene with everyone's brow furrowed and already mad at each other. Everyone's and for grumpy. no reason, like, okay, all right, Let's so go. We, we might as well move on to okay, Galadriel. Right. That's what I was going to say, yeah, because this makes me Galadriel. think of Galadriel, who has to be established as, like, the way she's described, I think, is like a badass. So there's no reason for her to not be a sword wielder, right. warrior. That's great and fine. And even if she, like, wasn't, and then they want to expand on this part, I, whatever. But, like, the way, it, again, it's like the way that's happening. In the first episode, like, as it opens... Her and her, like, SEAL Team 6 are, like, trying to find Sauron through, like, the the wastelands and the frozen whatever. Like, the climbing ice wall. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then, basically, her team of other dude elves are like, we gotta go back. We can't find anything. Let's just go home. And she's like, no, we must go forward. And I know they're trying to make her look like a badass, but why can't they make her look like a badass while also being a good leader? Like... Maybe her team does feel that way, but she like maybe motivates them and takes care of them and they like trust her. And it's not this already like they already already hate each other. They're already mad. This show hasn't started yet. For no reason. And for no reason, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's, you know, it's another thing where it's like, why are we establishing badassery by being mean and not being like a genuinely caring individual? 
Right. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, everything that I had in my mind about Galadriel was not, was not that she was like seeking confrontation (laughs) in every, every interaction, interaction. (laughs) Like I think in my mind and, you know, like this is why fans can just like go off the rails because we all have an idea of Mm. what a character is like. And this character is way younger Mm -hmm. than we were introduced to her in any of the other books and movies. And I think it's like, I had in my mind that she was this like all powerful, um, kind of sorceress type Mm. of elven woman and that she wouldn't need to be kind of like in everybody's face about things because she had this like just kind of overwhelming inherent power about her. Well, I think you said it really well the other day when we started the latest episode where all of her interactions are very egoic. Like she comes from the place of ego. Yeah which is not something we've seen of her before and also like kind of exhausting if every scene you're in and that's your baseline. Right. And it's like, it seems like, and again, I can't stress enough, everybody listening. (laughs) Anyone is a Tolkien scholar. (laughs) The amount that I know about Galadriel beyond what we saw in those other movies is very slim. And the energy that I get from her is like power hungry, Mm. power hungry, egoic behavior. Like um, people keep, I think we've heard a couple conversations like, Oh, are you in this because of vengeance or because Mm. of what happened to your brother? And like, we've kind of established that she has this like bone to pick or whatever. And I'm like, this doesn't look like, I am pursuing blah, 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 because I'm grieving this loss. It it seems like I'm pursuing this so that I can have, like, ultimate cosmic power. Mm. Like, does she want to rule Middle Earth? Is, like, that her goal? Because that's the vibe I'm picking mm, up. That's the vibe. Which I think our opinion, your opinion, is equally valid as someone who is not, like, we're not Tolkien scholars. Right. I wouldn't even say, I've, like, I've listened, I probably, I've read the books once and listened to them each an additional two times Mm -hmm. i would not call i mean i even hesitated to say i'm a fan i enjoy it very much but i hate that word fan because it's almost implies that you like have extensive knowledge over something which i don't wow i know it's well it's where fandom kind of is right now okay um you could just i thought being a fan was like you like it that's what it should be (laughs) you know um okay so wait i had an epiphany after watching the opening scene because they fight a troll mm-hmm. or an ice monster or something. And this is where we're establishing that she is an, a warrior, mm-hmm. very adept, swords, elf. Mm-hmm. And I felt nothing. Yeah. I felt zero. It reminded me of that scene in The Eternals with Angelina Jolie when uh-huh. we see her fighting a similar tr- monster, a deviant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she does this like spin, slidey, slicey move. I'm like, you're in front of a green screen. If this is even you, like, was your face just CGI'd onto someone who actually did the? 
which is like that's what when Christopher Lee was in the Star Wars prequels in episode two and three, mm-hmm. they just CG'd his face onto a body double who did the actual fighting because he's like it was like eighty at the time, right? So it might then also in my head I'm like, okay, is this even you? It's like I feel little nothing, and I figured out why. Oh, because there are other scenes in movies that I like where characters fight a big cartoon monster and i'm yes. like invested i'm in it and i thought of the fellowship when they fight the cave troll 100 percent. i'm like okay i'm into that scene it works for me what's the difference why do i not feel it it's because it's used to establish the character in the beginning like if we are establishing this character as being an elite warrior in the very beginning when we meet this person in the case of galadriel and i was gonna call her angelina jolie because i don't mm-hmm. remember her name yep um Athena? Athena? Was it Athena? 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 I don't know. Something. Something dumb. Wow. <laughs> um, when it's used to meet a character, I feel zero. I feel nothing. It can't be used. If you're going to overuse CG in a fight scene, you have to establish some realism, some grounding. Let me meet this person, like, maybe not on a green screen. How about, like, on an actual set? And then maybe my brain, sneaky, just will then accept wherever I see this person. Right. As opposed to swinging a stick in front of a... At a, at a nothing cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is for me. I figured that out. I, f- I thought of this when I was driving you your harmonium. I had lots of conversations <laughs> out loud to myself. And I was like, this is why. I figured it out. And no one was there to hear it. So I had to remember. Um, I totally get that. It's yeah. like, I didn't. wasn't. I don't want to call that that. I don't want to call that scene boring. Well, and you can. No one's going to be mad at you. We have talked about this before where it's like there's a tricky element. It's hard for writers. It's hard, I can imagine, for people building these kind of stories and scenes when we know that they're going to live. <laughs> it's like right. anything she's fight, she's climbing an ice wall. I'm like, right. I'm not concerned yeah. that you're going to fall down nope. because I know that you survive. So it's like every single time there's a like moment that could be tense in that way. It's not tense because there's little to no stakes. Right. At all. And then the moments where they're attempting to build tension is in like, conflict which as an enneagram nine (laughs) this is not what i am watching fantasy for like Mm. at all i when i'm watching something that is in the fantasy realm i'm watching it for magic Mm. friendships um skills (laughs) relationship building (laughs) uh you know getting to see things unfold like like to me there is an ultimate conflict and the ultimate conflict is this is the human or fantasy person story of separation Mm. the engagement and fight of good versus evil and you know or light versus shadow or whatever we want to put out there as being that is enough of a conflict for me so like these human or other being conflicts that are just so like egoic i'm like i don't give a shit about this if i wanted to listen to people bitch at each other you know 
I could go anywhere in public and hear that happening. It's just not why yeah. I watch. It's not fantasy. It's not the grounding that I, for me, need in a show like this. Mm-hmm. The grounding isn't like in the fighting and bickering. No. Which I think the nail in the coffin for movies like this is your fault for me. Oh. Because you made me watch the movie 13 Lives. <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. For those of you that haven't, for those of you who haven't. It's the newest Ron Howard movie. It came out in 2022. I think it was straight to Amazon. I don't even think it was in the movies. Yeah, it was straight to Amazon. Um, it's about the group of boys and their coach who were trapped in a cave in Thailand? Yes. And this is like in 2013, 14, eight or nine years ago, right? True story. And trapped in a cave, there's like monsoon rains going in the cave collapses they can't get out so it's the story of how they are eventually found and rescued through mainly like scuba divers right and the two main british divers uh, are played by vigo mortensen and colin farrell and what this movie did to destroy other movies for me forever that and i'm getting old so Maybe what was engaging when I was 28 is not the same as when I was, as now as I'm 43. Every scene where the divers are either talking to each other or elected officials or, you know, rescue, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're, they're dealing with obviously a very tense situation. They first have to find the boys if they're alive. Mm-hmm. Then they find them. How do they get them out? And this is like one way dive was like, what, seven and a half hours? Yes. To get like through caverns, flooded In caverns. complete darkness. Right. Every scene where it was like problem solving, tense because they don't know how to do it. They don't know if they're going to succeed. There's if they a timeline. Lives are, are on the line. It's still raining. Like they only have a certain amount of time before like maybe the cave's going to collapse. Anyway, so much tension. Every scene where people are discussing what to do, no one was like straight up fighting with each other. Right. It was like, oh, this is what it's like when adults are talking. (laughs) (laughs) It was like so refreshing Mm -hmm. and I've never felt more old. (laughs) I'm thinking about all these other movies where like there's tension on the bridge of the Enterprise. We have to shout about it and fight and Spock's going to punch you in the face. Well, Kirk is probably going to punch you in the face. (sighs) Honestly? On the bridge of the Enterprise? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's true. It's like the ability to demonstrate disagreement without anger, violence, explosiveness. Without like, losing your Without control. losing your shit, particularly for drama's sake. Yeah. Yeah. I would be okay if a little control was lost. Every now and then, that would at least give me some indication that, like, oh, this is serious. Mm-hmm. Like, earlier in this episode, they were able to control themselves. But here, they're clearly upset. But yeah. when they're dialed up to 11 the whole time. The second that yeah. they start talking to each other. Yeah. And that it's, it is happening frequently. Yeah. So, like, it happened when Galadriel was on the boat to go to Elf Heaven. Then she jumped off. And then she <laughs> found another shipwreck. And they're like... Don't let her on the boat. I'm like, why? why I know you, that why whole scene made no other? sense to me. Everyone's mad at each other. Then they get to Numenor and 
She, well, before that, she meets Hal Brand, is his mm-hmm. name, mm-hmm. who is a dude who's also a editor for we don't everyone hates the elves right and we don't we don't quite know why why. except we did kind of learn it in the last episode in numenor some dudes like elf kind are here elf crafts they're gonna take your trades and basically like like they don't get tired so they can work harder than you and you're gonna take your jabs and i'm like are we being xenophobic oh straight up the elves but like did elves ever need a fucking job right like what what are elves doing they're just like <laughs> what I mean, are they, they doing it's like what do elves do they make elves don't want your job they make songs they walk in nature it they learn so- to shoot a bow and arrow they build elegant architecture and it's like no elf was like oh god i gotta i got some mouths to feed blacksmithing my yeah. way through better get in that union yeah weird weird weird, weird. <laughs> but like, what you know what's even weirder is I watched that scene also in this episode where like, is this why Numenorians hate the elves? Uh-huh. The guy was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then like, I think the king, the the head male dude of the Numenorians, the guy with the uh-huh. long beard, yep, 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 comes out and he was like, oh, are we so weak Numenorians that we're upset and threatened by one elf? And it's like, no, we're made of stronger stuff than that. Basically, was the speech. And he riles them up and it's like, yeah, we're Numenorians, we'll be fine, blah. And he ends the speech by saying, drinks for all. And like some dude just walks out with a tray with like glasses of wine. I'm like, did you just have a row of dudes on deck? Us on deck. With a casks of wine just okay. in case the okay. speech either went south or went great. And you're either like, way. drinks for everybody. It was just so, if like it, it wasn't in a bar. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't necessarily like you weren't already celebrating something. Like, it made me think of the extended Two Towers, where Faramir has a flashback of, like, he and Boromir's brother, uh-huh. and Boromir's like, we reclaim the city for Gondor, and then he comes down, and he's like, good speech, more time for drinking, break out the ale. I'm like, kind of makes sense, you just want to battle. Mm-hmm. And said, <laughs> can we get all these buckets of wine? I'm about to go give a speech to make some people happy. Just stay right there. Hold on. Let's see how this goes. If this goes... If this goes south, maybe we won't do this. No, it worked. Come on, gotta get it worked. Get it worked. Give everybody wine. Everyone gets wine. Um, Let's there's toast. A, there's a cool theory about Halbrand. I think it's implied he is like noble or will be a king. Uh huh. I think people think he will become the Witch King. Oh, one of the kings of men that are seduced by the rings, and he becomes oh. yeah becomes a wraith. Okay, I get behind that. It's pretty cool. And becomes a ring wraith. Yeah, like the ring wraith. Ooh, yeah. Pretty cool. Because um, it seemed like in the last episode they were trying to give him like Vigo vibes. And I was like, Meh. you don't have Vigo vibes. No. Vigo vibes. Vigo Vigovoff, so many vibes. <laughs> when he's sitting in that in like that corner table <laughs> in the prancing pony. Yes. And Sam's like, that guy's done nothing but stare at you since we got here. And they like looks over and he's just like in a hood. Mm-hmm. smoking a pipe mm-hmm. and frodo's like who is that guy and the bartender's like tells him who he is and they do like just smoking a pipe and then they do a sh- close-up of his eyes being lit only by the embers of his pipe that's vibes that's vibes that's vibes yeah that's true um how do you feel about erendir the elf 
that the other elf guy that's old that's white no it's not the not no 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 he's uh, the black elf the guy the black guy that plays the elf that's what's his name i think it's aaron deer aaron deer aaron deer i love him i like him too a lot i can't get over though aaron aaron deer aaron deer why the elves have short hair i know they look like vulcans it's it doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's to like symbolize how they are still in their like youth, <laughs> essentially, because like it's only the second age. Okay. And they live until the fourth age, which is like 3,000 years later. So like maybe it's like, oh, we're adolescent elves mm-hmm. in theory. I don't know. I love Aaron Deer. Aaron Deer? Yes. Uh, and have from the first moment he came on the screen. Yeah. Like... Also, his character is kind of reserved mm. and quiet. Mm. It doesn't say a whole lot. And yeah. obviously, that's my type. Yeah. And, <laughs> he, and he isn't yelling and arguing with everybody all the time. No, and mostly everyone's yelling at him. Yes. And he's just like, especially that chill. stupid, dopey teenager kid. Is he a teenager? I think he's like 11. The one with like the hair. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I can't wait for that kid to die. Why, wow. like I knew they did a scene where like some I think orcs were attacking a home that yeah. he was hiding in. I'm like, I want him to die, but it's not gonna. Right, it's, a bummer. it's too early. Um, I like him. I like his story is pretty interesting for the most part. I don't know what like relationship he has with that like dark haired human woman, mm-hmm. and I don't care. I thought that was his mother. But. What? No, no, oh no, the elf with her. Oh, not the boy. Is the little boy? No, the elf and her have kind of a thing, sort of, maybe. Really? I don't know. I don't care about her because she's a cardboard piece of cardboard that I don't really give a shit about. We don't know anything about her. Maybe we do, and we're just like, well, this is boring. What are you telling us? There, there just hasn't been. It's like, for some reason, she's like stepped into a leadership role, but we don't really know why. We're confused as to why. And nobody seems to listen to her. Mm. So that's fun. Let's right. watch scenes where a woman who's trying to help people and yeah. chopped a head off an orc is oh, yeah. not listened to by everyone right. who's doing nothing. The that's first, lovely. Th- that whole storyline in the first episode was just like everyone's yelling at everyone for a different reason. One dude's like, I hate the elves. Brah. One guy's like, you're an elf. I hate you. Yeah. That's exactly what was happening the entire so episode. So exhausting. Um, but I do like later on in other episodes, he's captured by the orcs. Right? Like yeah, yeah, I mean, the elf. Yeah. Yes. First of all, the portrayal and the look of the orcs, I super dig. Yeah. I think they look great. Yeah. Uh his whole arc when he is captured and then like digging up at roots of a tree or something. Oh. That whole I saw a great tweet. He was crying about that the was tree. Like, <laughs> I love this tweet. It was like, all these Tolkien purists don't understand. <laughs> like, having an elf cry over a tree is the most accurate depiction of anything Tolkien ever wrote. So I don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. But I was, I don't say worried. But I remember in like the trailer and clips, there was a scene of him doing some flippy flip mm. while fighting a wolf. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is probably when that's going to happen. So I'm like, I already feel nothing. This is going to be lame. But it wasn't. It was super cool. Like, it, yeah, was, it was really good cool. because there was not nearly as much cartoon flipping 
mm-hmm. as I thought there would be. And that sequence basically where he tried, they try to escape and there's wargs, like these wolves. I, no amount of cartoon wolf flipping, dancing, choreographed fighting by elves will ever be as ridiculous as the barrel race down the <laughs> damn river in that Hobbit movie. Yeah. It was so silly. It was very silly. They are surfing on barrels. Yep. Dwarves are shrinking themselves to I mean, suck not- themselves into barrels. Like I- it just was so goofy and of- so I found CGI. S- Oh, it was so CGI. Was I mean, even so the silly. most ridiculous part was like for every now and then they would cut to what looked like was shot with a GoPro. Yeah. yeah. Like totally taken out of the moment. Yeah. And there's that part where like the, the biggest, fattest dwarf uh-huh. gets like shoved out of the river and like bounces on like... Goes- bounces. All right, like, like he's a in fucking the- gummy right, bear from... Like, he's like goes down the river on land but yes. bounces and like he happens yes. to land on every... <laughs> Goblin and orc that's trying to shoot him. It was him. like a Disney cartoon. The only part I still giggle at is when he wants to jump back in the barrel, and he's like the fattest dwarf, right. and he does his attempt to like slim down. Honey, that makes me giggle. That was ridiculous. I, I, I mean, and that's what I look at it for. I'm like, this. I is mean, ridiculous. on one hand, it was levity. That's true. It was levity. <laughs> it was some lightness. Yep. In this ever increasing, tension filled show. But no, I really, I dug that whole escape. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, there are wolves. Who's in danger? Then I was like, oh shit, someone's in danger. Someone just got disemboweled. Okay, cool. Like, there are stakes. Maybe someone's in trouble. Maybe some people we've seen in this episode might not make it. Maybe. Not the main guy, I know, but it still it kind of looked cool. I, I was more impressed with it and surprised that I liked it after I saw it. I did not expect a whole lot, but I kind of enjoyed it. I'm going to say something. <laughs> That sounds pretty romantic girly. Oh, okay. I would expect nothing less. How many episodes have we watched? Five. Nobody is falling in love with anybody. It's true. I do appreciate, and this is probably why, because it's the only representation of like romantic connection and love in this beautiful sweeping fantasy epic is Doran and oh yeah his wife Disa Disa and like they are my saving grace great segue like they are my saving grace because i i want to i want to see the arwen mm. like sweetness and like caring about each other is that what like erendir and that woman is supposed to kind of maybe no freaking way i don't know i'm just saying it's a it's a human and an elf can i say one more thing we move on to to the dwarves yes the way erendir shoots a bow drives me crazy because for some (laughs) reason the strain the hand he uses his right hand to draw the bow back instead of having your palm facing you it's inverted and your thumb is pointing down and your back of your hand he pulls it with the back of his hand facing your chest which would only make sense if the bow was parallel to the ground like that's how anatomically that would work because otherwise you it don't just, know about elf anatomy uh, I don't, it doesn't even look cool 
it makes no damn sense. It well, thank makes, God he's not swinging a golf club. It makes no damn sense because like when you're doing that, you now have to use the back of your deltoid and maybe your tricep. Maybe those when are you're, stronger on elves. When you are doing it the other way, like with your palm facing you, you can then use your back to help draw a bow. That's what you, that's what they did with the longbows. You wouldn't like pull with your shoulder or arm. You would use your back to like really pull. Mm. So to do it the other way makes no sense, and I hate it so much. Now I think that we should go outside, and you should shoot a bow a few times so I can see. If you think it. I already didn't try it? No, I just want to watch. Fine. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it drives me. It, it that detail drives me nuts. Everything else about. Uh, that character I enjoy, especially like when he is trying to like cover the retreat of trying to get he him and that boy that I can't stand. I'm like, right. leave him to die. Wow. He's trying to escape like the orcs, but then they get he moves. Oh right, right, right. Because I was like, why doesn't he just like pick up the boy and run with him? He's an elf. It's true. Like, why are we letting this boy run? He's injured. This mm-hmm. is well, he, maybe Aaron Deer is injured too. He was like, and he was a sl- like. Probably prisoner shooting that bow incorrectly. It didn't help. <laughs> no, but I did like how like once they got past the tree line, I'm like, oh, they might be safe mm. because like it, you know right. the orcs can't walk. The in, they can't walk in the daylight, yeah. right? Which is I'm like a cool detail, and I like the way that unfolded. It was it was neat. But the dwarves are might be my favorite. Yeah. I might like them more than the Harfoots, especially Durin and Disa. Yeah, though the relationship of those two. Uh, it feels like a real relationship. Yeah, it feels like real people mm-hmm. that are talking to each other and have lived and together. She's singing to the stones, right? Well, and bef- I think oh, the episode before the, the episode before she like does a little explanation about what that is. Yes. Like, she's like, "We sing to the mountain, helps us know where to dig, where not to dig, where to live, leave well enough alone." Mm-hmm. And I think I saw a TikTok about a guy talking about it and saying like. They're using sound uh-huh. as like vibration to yes. like learn about the mountain, and it's speaking my language. Right, very cool. And then I like that it was the next episode, and I think it was that scene when Arendir is retreating that like her song starts, and then the scene cuts to her actually singing, mm-hmm. which was beautiful. I mean, I loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, everything about those two because it feels it's like that levity, that playfulness of like a husband and wife that have been together for god knows how long you know there's one part where <laughs> i think she said something like to elrond he's like you saying he is with another woman and everyone's like oh my lady he only has eyes for you and she's like no one else wants him <laughs> you know it's like that's kind of the response your uh-huh. wife of umpteen years or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. would kind of give um yeah the, their interactions well it, it has that levity even though there is some tension with Elrond and yep. what's going on. Like they're finding the mithril for somehow that Elrond wants. Needs. Needs. Allegedly. <laughs> Unobtainium. <laughs> so like they it sends him to get the mithril and it's like, otherwise our kind will be dead by spring. Why? Because there's black goo in the leaves. Oh, because we will fade? I don't. I still don't understand. Right. No, it's not. Well, I think I saw someone say, like, is this the reason and the story they're giving to make the three elven rings of power? Like, mm-hmm. is this, like, why they do it? Because of, like, 
their kind may fade. And we're like, who cares? We should care, though. Why? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know, because don't know. that happens. Uh, yeah. Music of the Dwarves. Ugh, amazing. Along with the song Disa singing in the mountain. The whole intro music is awesome. Mm-hmm. Bear McCreary. Mm-hmm. Beer. Bear McCreary. You can really write us a dwarven tune. He's a damn living legend. He's great. I love his He's music. He's good. I wish I could name something else he did other than this and Outlander. <laughs> I'm sure there's many things he did. Doesn't just, matter. Those are the best ones. I'm sure there's other great things. That's the best one. Um, but yeah. Music is good. Loves the relationship with the dwarves. El, what was the scene that you commented on? Because does Durin go with Elrond to see the elves? Mm-hmm. And then they're having dinner. And then he Durin's like, hey, where'd you get this table? It was the best scene where'd this, ever. Where'd you get this table? And he's like... And Durin's giving, basically like, you colonizers came basically he's like i know where you like i i asked this question like a lawyer i asked this question because i already know the answer where did this table come from like the host it's not kayla brimbor i forget what it is the long-haired the only long-haired male elf right right Mm -hmm. and he like puts him on puts him on the spot he's like oh we um yeah yeah stole it we somehow ended up with it Guess we need to give it back now. It's yeah. like, be sure you send it back when I leave, whatever. And right. Then even funnier was later on oh, when so the good. elves are carrying the table as they head out from whatever elven land they're in. Elrond and Durin are like speaking. And everyone's like, did they really steal that table? And Durin's like, I don't know. My wife wants one though. No, mm. he wasn't saying did they really steal it. He was saying, did you make it up about the stone being sacred? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe but Disa wants a new table Disa wants a new table and you know what she's gonna get one which is again you want to relate to an audience I'm like that's yes. brilliant that was fun yes again levity trick the elves who stole your shit anyway who we who do we like the elves I don't, I don't know how know to feel about them. how I feel about the elves right now I I don't know jury's still out on the elves jury's out on the elves and aren't sure yet you know the other part I don't even remember which episode this happened in so I'm probably going out of chronological order Um, but it's thematic which is your jam so it's okay so it's like we're not quite sure this is Gandalf this is not Gandalf who is this wizards could be the wizards we're not we're not 100% on any of that And then there was this like flash of a scene that still hasn't been addressed again of Lord of the Rings version, Rings of Power version of the White Walkers come in sniffing around Gandalf's landing site. Oh, yeah. Is this the the dark, long haired sort of orc person? Mm -mm. Oh, wait. It was the, okay. They're long blonde hair, I think blue eyes. One was bald though with a hood, right? weird looking or was it shaved and then had yeah, a hood, something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that and i was like i don't know what this is right i don't know who these people are was and how the episode ended right and there was credits because, but then a whole other episode with right. nothing yeah, about we, them we haven't seen them no again like and when it happened i was like no 
you can't introduce another group of people <laughs> because they don't know enough about the groups of people that are already being shown. Yeah, and I think it's one of the show's weaknesses is there are too many threads. Too many threads. Yes. Too many threads, which like I go back to Game of Thrones. Like this show had so many, it felt like maybe more threads. I think you may have to lose whole character groups in an episode to give everyone their their due diligence and their right. just attention. Like we we're gonna have to like ev- forget the Harfoots for an entire episode to please give some time to Aaron Deer and who he's running from or right. who those people that saw maybe Gandalf's landing spot. There's theories people think it's there's so many theories about like who is who is Sauron? Right. Has Sauron been introduced yet? Have you seen them yet? And people think Halbrand is Sauron, which I don't know. No. no. No, because like Sauron was supposed to. Now, here's what very little I think I've gathered from watching the Lord of the Rings appendices okay. movies. Okay. Sauron comes to Middle Earth and he's like building all his shit. He's like building a tower and like establishing a stronghold. But then eventually he goes to the elves to like convince, he tries to convince them and does to teach him how to make rings. Like, the ring-making craft. Like, he like seduces them. He tricks them. He's not, like, showing up in the armor and the big helmet and be like, make me a ring of power. And they're like, okay. Like, he's he goes to them in his form, I think, Anatar. And it's, like, his more fair, visually appealing, non-threatening, shape-shifting version. So, the elves are like, we can trust you. You seem okay on the outside. You seem like that's the point. Like, whoever... So, it could be, then... That blonde, blue-eyed. He did not look very not sinister. <laughs> he didn't look sinister necessarily. Right? Maybe he looked, if we see. Oh no! The thing like is. no, because when we were watching it, I made the comment. I was like, "Don't know what's going on," but I know I'm supposed to be scared because of the music. The music, right? But if it wasn't for the music, there was nothing like danger, right. danger about that, that group of people. That would be cool if, like, us seeing because they're not with anyone else. Because there's no reason to have any sort of like shape-shifting, visually appealing image to trick anyone. No one else is around. So maybe like we see them in their more sinister version mm. with the sinister music. But they're also all dressed in white and have like very fair and blue skin. Like right. very fair skin. So they could easily maybe appear good, essentially. So like maybe then when we see them again later on... Mm-hmm. They do like we can recognize them as who we've seen them already, right. but we see them in a different ap- environment where they're now more pretending to be more friendly, more good. Well, maybe? I don't know. And if it is those people, if like that was Sauron, but there were aren't there like three of them. I don't know. Yeah, there was more than one. I thought. I don't know. Um, he did kind of have that elvish mm. look, you know, yeah, pale right. as hell. Yep. Light eyes, yeah. you know. Well, it's like Sauron should look like whenever we see him interacting with someone else, who is the most friendly looking, most unassuming person. That's like, that's what they should, he should look like. Mm-hmm. Like we should look at this person when they're interacting with anyone else that like, we should not be worried about them. We should trust this person. Cause that's like kind of what he did in the story. Right. And you know, who knows? Like, to be Halbrand doesn't make sense because he's been nothing but a grumpy 
son of a gun. Toddler. Yeah, the whole tyrant. time. He's been arguing High with chair everyone. tyrant. High chair tyrant. Um, yeah. Uh, one more thing about the Harfoots and why we think it's Gandalf, why I think it's Gandalf, is because the song that Nori's sister sings as their migrating montage, yeah. which I loved, used the quote, not all who wander are lost. Right. And that is from... Not a fish song. It's not a fish song. <laughs> not even a Grateful Dead song. <laughs> like in, I think in Fellowship of the Ring, I think it's a quote Gandalf uses, says it to Aragorn. I think Gandalf, it's a Gandalf quote, and we see it in a poem recited by someone else. But it's like, mm-hmm. not all who wander are lost. The The deep roots aren't touched by the frost. Aww. You know, the the crownless again will be king, right? It's like a foreshadowing of like, yes, this is a dark age, especially for Gondor, but like the king will return. And like, just because you're yeah. wandering, you're not lost. You know what I mean? It's like, if you have deep roots, you're not going to be affected by the frost or whatever. And like, I think it's a Gandalf quote. So it'd be really sweet to be like, oh, this is where he kind if of- he learned it If he, this is where he picked it up in his like essential infancy mm-hmm. with the Harfoots. And he like remembered it enough to like, oh, I remember this- adorable song when i first got here <laughs> and it reminds me of you i love um, it love it i saw another thing where someone compared the wheels of the harfoot's carts as they're migrating mm-hmm. they are circles and in the middle it looks like whatever knob or axle it looks like a doorknob so it's oh. like it kind of looks like a hobbit door uh-huh so it's gonna like kind of connection to like the the ages and generations right. where like yeah, maybe their maybe future. their their carts become part of their home, and the wheel eventually kind of becomes what would well, be. Well, that's a why things are like arched and yeah. circular. Yeah. Cute, cute. So overall, what it's would cute? <laughs> <laughs> Man, this this phrase that we're using more thanks to my mother. It's cute. It's cute. It's cute. That could be anything from a three to four out of five stars mm-hmm. to a. Five and a half, just knock it out of the park. Seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Like this has a wide range. It's cute. It's cute. What would you give it out of ten? Oh God. I went to a high school without grades. So can oh I just God. give it can you step foot in the real world for one <laughs> second, please? Can I give it Jesus a Jesus Christ. Don't give it an alligator. Can you I... can't be like, I give the show <laughs> not an alligator. I give it a hippopotamus. I'm not gonna give it a hippopotamus. Can I just say that I appreciate where it's going. Okay. And there is some work to be done. Needs improvement <laughs> is what I heard. It's improvement. Not unsatisfactory, <laughs> but also not satisfactory. This is why numbers are great. <laughs> you don't have to make up some cockamamie grading system. No, it's not I a grading you- system because there's no grading. It's just... I see where you're going. I appreciate many, many things about this. And there's some loose threads. We just got to fix those loose see, threads. And, all stop, that, and everyone has to stop being angry with everybody. All that could be time. said with a simple phrase, C+. Wow. You would give it a C+. Well, B means it's good. <laughs> and we both have agreed that like it has some things we're like, meh. Okay, so well, we've yeah. watched five episodes and we're gonna that watch are 85 other- hours long a piece. We're going to watch the rest of it. We're so it not can't be it. a C. C plus. C plus is above average. Okay. C plus is above average, but not good. <laughs> I would say it's not good. It's fine. I mean, it's all right. I think it's good. It's not amazing. 
and it has lots of potential. So I'm going to give it a B. God. Whenever, if I ever got evaluated and I heard the phrase has potential, like, oh, that means I suck now. Yeah, ah. but that's because you have that Virgoian one on any gramness happening where it's like, <laughs> if you don't have a 4.0 in everything that you're doing. Um, anyone I ever lived with would tell you that me achieving a 4.0 was never a thing I had to be worried about. Uh, because well, it was never on the table. I can tell you that you got a 4.0. Your last freaking semester of your second master's degree. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And you were completely stressed about every single moment of that. And I was <laughs> like, this is fine. This is going to be totally fine. You are being a librarian, not a brain surgeon. <laughs> Calm down, sir. Calm down. No one is going to give a shit about <laughs> the work you'll be doing. And that, ladies and gentlemen, are the words of my wife. <laughs> For Mutual Victory, this is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks, everyone. 